Welcome back to another episode of Voice of the Generation. I am your host, Imani, and join with me today, I have the lovely, the innovative, the brilliant, Black Girl Magic, Shamir Duncan, founder, philanthropist, and student. Um, And today we're going to just dive into her initiatives. We're going to talk about how she got into this work. And most importantly, I want you all to feel inspired um, to go out of your community and shake something up, okay? All right, Shamir, I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for joining me. Of course. I'm happy to be here. This is so exciting. (laughs) I'm happy. Okay, so let's just dive right into this. You founded an initiative called the Black Initiative 313. Tell me more about your initiative. Of course. So um, the Black Initiative 313 was founded um, in February 2021. Um, We don't have a distinctive date. That is like how it just came. Like it just came to me. It really just came to me. Um, And it came to me through a a very tragic experience. Um, my, My cousin, someone very close to me, was in a triple shooting and he was the only one that survived. Um, and just being like a bystander and a witness, you know, to seeing and 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 hearing, right? And knowing like this is someone that's my blood, right? My family. This is happening to my family. Um, and you know, you really don't understand things sometimes until it happens to you. And so when I saw that happening to my my cousin, my peer, someone who was the same age as me, um, it really just sparked something in my heart. Um, and my mind, right? Like you have to do something. You have to really get out here um, and bring awareness um, to what's happening in your communities. And you have to engage your peers and the youth and Gen Z in that process when you do it. And I remember that night, I remember that night I was sitting down. This was, this was at the end kind of COVID, like when COVID was slowing down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember I was sitting in my room and I was uh, like, I had a business and I was making case phone cases and keychains. I was doing a whole lot. Okay. I've always been a hustle girl. So I was doing a whole lot. My phone kept ringing and I'm just like, who is this that keep calling me? Like who is, I'm like, I'm working. Like I'm getting to it. So, um, the, the second or third time my phone rang, I'm like, okay, I had got a funny feeling. I oftentimes get funny feelings and it'd be like, it'd be very accurate. <laughs> but I got a funny feeling in my stomach. I'm like, okay, I'm going to answer this time because why my phone blowing up like that? So right. I ended up answering, and, and that's when I got the news, you know, of what happened with my cousin. And I remember uh, going down to, to where everybody was with the family um, and then going back home that night, and I was contemplating, and literally I heard it. Like, it was like the Black Initiative 313, and it just kept, like, I just kept having this, like, name in my head. And I'm like, what am I, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? And I'm a faith girl, right? So I'm like, God, what am I supposed to do with this, the Black Initiative 313? So I'm like, okay. Next thing I know, I'm on my computer, and I'm a computer girl. I'll be on my computer all day just doing stuff. So I'm (laughs) on my computer, and... I'm Googling. I'm like, how do you start a nonprofit? I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you start an organization? How do you do this? How do I, I just, and I'm a research girl as well. I like to research things before, you know, delving into them fully. Right. Like an initiative on them. But um, yeah, so I'm like, how do you start a nonprofit? So literally um, I started 
just researching, taking notes. I started getting more involved in other organizations and putting my foot into rooms where I could be in the atmosphere of like philanthropy and community service. And mm-hmm. so um, I ended up, we, we, I ended up landing a internship through Bank of America Student Leaders. Um, and it's, it was for the Detroit uh, region. And at that internship, I was able to, uh, they had a partnership with Focus Hope. So Focus Hope is an organization here in the city of Detroit um, that focuses on uh, civil injustices and civil rights and things of that nature. And so we got a chance to actually intern there through Bank of America. And there is where I really, really learned like how to operate a nonprofit. I mean, top to bottom, bottom to top. It was just like, this is how you do it. And it just gave me like the, it gave me that push. But prior to me even getting the internship to learn more about the nonprofit, I was already doing the work. So right. that year before, this was in 2021, 2021, August, uh, August 7th, I held my first ever soup kitchen. And we did this at the Cass Community Shelter. Um, and that's kind of in between Detroit and Highland Park. And we, we did it there. We fed uh, almost over 100 people. Um, and let me tell you, my entire team was made up of 14 students, some coming from Renaissance High School and some coming from Cass Tech. And let me tell you, we did that thing. OK, we did the whole thing. And we were 16 and 17 years old. OK, we were young. I understand. I wanted yes. to tap into this because you said two things that I think that it's important for our peers to hear. You yes. said community service, and then you also said philanthropy, right? And yes. so oftentimes as youth, we don't often think about the business side of our thoughts, right? There should be philanthropic investment into our dreams, right? Because they're they're deserving Absolutely. of being Absolutely. <laughs> So I want to talk to you a little bit about community service. Was it the shooting that led to your um, commitment to service or was service always a thing like it was just instilled in you, right? Oh, yeah. I'm so happy you asked this because I talk about this in my guided journal. I haven't released it yet, Mm -hmm. but I talk about how like. I've always been right like this this super energetic (laughs) super lively outgoing individual and Mm -hmm. community service has always been a huge part of my heart like I've I've always said like when I was a child and I you know how you could you would see commercials and they would depict Africa in such a negative way yeah but you know but you know you would see those commercials and those commercials would make me cry like that's mm-hmm. that's how like <laughs> that's how like this work makes me feel. That's how passionate you know I am about it. Um, and I've been that way literally since a little child. I've always mm-hmm. been like the one the teacher called on, <laughs> you know, to go do this to help do this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I came from a middle school that was small. Carver STEM Academy is very small. I think my graduating eighth grade class was probably like twenty five. Mm-hmm. students so it was a it was a small it was a very very small um middle school school community and yeah. I, I just yeah and so i was close right you was close with everybody you was close to your teachers you had choice um right. and i grew some really tight relationships with my teachers and i i do believe that detroit public school teachers they have hearts like the mm-hmm. teachers that i've had while going to detroit public schools have had hearts and they have instilled in me this uh this 
this ability and this power in my community to be able to make this impact that I can make today. If you believe that teachers have made such a big impact for you, what made you stop? What made you say, okay, maybe education isn't my role. Maybe I don't want to be a teacher. Like, was there an experience for you that caused that feeling? Um, what are your thoughts regarding education? Because you you said you had some pretty impactful teachers. So, um, so I did not pursue um, a career in education. And it's crazy. I went through several majors and I'm a sophomore in my second semester. <laughs> uh, but yes, I did not choose education as a pathway. And it's funny because growing up, you know, in middle school, it was something that I was like passionate about doing was teaching other people stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I believe that honestly, I might not be in education, but what I do is educational. And Break so that down for me. <laughs> so um I I am not like in a field where like I'm a teacher and I'm teaching about a like classroom. a core class. I'm not in a classroom. I'm mm -hmm. in the field. Mm -hmm. I'm in the field and I'm educating. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um I would say that regardless of me not going in that pathway, I, I still have some way of, of having to spread knowledge, right? And having right. to sh not show people, right? Inspire people. Um, mm -hmm. And from my, my point of view, I feel like when you look at education, you should look at it as an inspiration, right? Mm -hmm. Like whatever you do in school, look at it like, hmm, what can, what can this inspire me to do? You know right. what I mean? Like that's how you got to look at things. What can this inspire me to do? Even, even the negative things. Like what can I what can I do and take this and flip it and make it positive? Like what that, right. and that's that's what I do. That's my motto. Like mm -hmm. it's change, impact, and evolve. Like literally, mm -hmm. we're gonna change it, we're gonna make an impact, and we're gonna see the involvement, the evolvement of it. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. All right, talk to me about the philanthropic side of, of your organization, right? So you are young. And you've managed to figure out this space of philanthropy that doesn't always honor Black women, right? And so walk me through how you get into this space and then tell me about how you're getting these investments. All right. Okay. <laughs> you eating these questions. Um, so, okay. I'm trying to get you, should I give you the long story or the short story? <laughs> Um, whatever feels whatever whatever's in your heart so um i got into philanthropy one of course by initiating a nonprofit organization so that was the start that was the start and that was the more hands-on active start right um then i got into philanthropy on a, a level of giving back like monetary so I was a, I was nominated to be a uh, president's youth council member for the Skillman yes. Foundation. Um, thank you. And I, this is actually my second year, my last year of being on the council. It's amazing. I, I definitely recommend it. Um, but I got nominated to be on that council. Um, and being on this council, being able to decide where $200,000 goes i mean just imagine having that much money in your hands and you're it's at, it's in your hands to figure out where it's gonna go right um and our biggest responsibility was one of course deciding how it was going to be broken down my, like you know the capital and how we were going to give it 
but also picking the organizations in which we wanted to give it to. So uh, we were able to develop things and, 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 and processes of how we were going to do it, recommendation letters, all of these amazing things. So, so that was, that's, that's the second piece. As soon as I stepped foot, and I cannot make this up, it was, it was nonprofit, beginning nonprofit, right? Doing the internship uh, with Bank of America at Focus Hope. Because that's how I really learned how these large nonprofits uh, delve into philanthropy and how they operate daily. Mm -hmm. And then third, getting pulled into um, getting pulled into the Skillman Foundation. Now, from this point, from this point, being pulled into the Skillman Foundation, I mean, my life has, I mean, opportunities, right? Like opportunities on opportunities on opportunities um access right like it's a space that gives you access to things as a young detroit black girl you wouldn't think i would have access to and i do and it's because there are there are organizations and foundations like the skimming foundation that supports and promotes young people being able um to acquire these these experiences um and so just from there and Skillman and all of these other opportunities that have come in the networking that I have done on my end as well, because that's a big factor too. Like you got to be able to put yourself out there. Like you have to put yourself out there sometimes. Um, you really should all the time. Like this is your mm -hmm. life. Um, and so making sure that you are building a brand for yourself um, that will reflect in what you believe in, right? Um, and that's that's kind of like what I've done with philanthropy. I I've taken on a role, uh, this this big idea of of passion first um, in philanthropy, because when passion is first, then trust is first, and when trust mm -hmm. is first, organizations. Am I frozen? It's okay. Organizations. Um, organizations are able uh, to build uh, have have trust based philanthropy, right? So where partners can trust each other. Um, so my journey in philanthropy is only really growing. But for my peers, honestly, like I'm not just saying my story and, and, and up here blabbering for no reason. Right. Like I really want my peers to understand um, the gifts and, and the, the talents and the power that they have, uh, no matter what they are, how unique they are they can really take those talents um, and, and do something with them for their communities. Because uh, what you do for your community and what you do for other people is something that you're doing for yourself too. It's you, right. you are benefiting yourself too. You're growing. Your character <clears throat> is growing. You as a person, you're growing. And you're also helping your community to grow as well. Um, it's this essay by a Black, a black woman writer. Her name's Mia Birdsong. Um, and I love Mia Birdsong. I recommend, uh, you young black girls go read Mia Birdsong. <laughs> um, but Mia Birdsong, she, she wrote an essay and it's called, uh, me, me and us, uh, self-care in the context of community. And I actually read this, this at, at school. Mm -hmm. Um, and it talks about how you have to, you know, take care of yourself. Um, but you can take care of yourself, right, while simultaneously taking care of your community. So right. you can do it all, all in once. And, and when you do it all in once, it's definitely beneficial, mutually beneficial. Um, right. So, yeah, philanthropy the is my heart. 
Yes. Okay. So I always tell people on my um show because I hate saying podcast. I have to get out of that. But um, yes, clean that, honey. I always tell people that if it, if it's a vision in your head, um, and you believe it in your heart, it's gonna manifest eventually, right? And so there's that. a level of follow through that people don't realize that they have to do, right? You can talk about it, you can walk the walk, you can remain consistent for a little while. But if yeah. you say which, if you say something, I want you to follow through on what you're saying, right? If you have put a huge weight on your back. Right, because now you're responsible for people's lives. So your failure to execute results in affecting them, whether you like it or you don't. Yeah. Not only that, but there's investment in this, right? There's capital that has been made. People don't just throw away money like that. And so I need you to talk about the the importance of follow through, right? Once you had that idea, how do you follow through? How do I follow through if I'm not a consistent person, right? I I really wish I had my book in arm's reach so that I could literally read uh, the the excerpt that I wrote. <laughs> That's so funny that I wrote about making excuses and reasons why you are not completely walking um, in the path of what your passion is uh, and living in what your purpose is um, for yourself and for your community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that, I, I talk about how I gave up on the Black Initiative 313 two times. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> I gave up. I did. I gave up twice on, on the Black Initiative 313. Um, you know, yes, the work was getting done. And that work was impactful. I mean, impactful, okay? And I I, I get happy every time I think about it. Um. But it was also hard. And I'm not going to say that. I, I'm not going to say hard. It was challenging. Like, it was it was challenging. Because, once again, like, when I, before I had got to a point of really, really been deep into educating myself and being hands-on with other nonprofits to really see how they worked, I didn't know anything for real. I was just reading stuff. And, and some of the stuff, it was like, I, don't, I still don't understand what this means. Like, I still don't get this. And then it was just like, you know. Sometimes working with your peers can be a challenge too, right? Because not everybody is, and when you and when y'all are the same age, it could be, you know, it could be challenges like working on a team project in the classroom. So, (laughs) yes, you know what I mean? It is. It's like working on a a team project in the classroom. Um, And, you know, sometimes, you know, not everybody's doing what they have to do. Life comes out of nowhere. You know, things was happening in my life. Like, I wasn't okay, Um, you know, dealing with anxiety and stuff like that. So, it was just a lot of stuff going on. It was still COVID. I remember getting COVID. Like, it was COVID. So, it was was a lot. Uh, It was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And literally, I was just like, I'm going to put this on the pause. Like, I'm going to, I'm just going to focus on something else. I'm going to put this on the pause. Mm-hmm. And I remember putting it on the pause. I put it on the pause until uh, 2022, I went into college. So that was when I, Probably. I guess, revamped reactivated uh, the Black Initial mm-hmm. 313 because I brought a chapter of it to Wayne State's campus. Um, and when I brought the chapter of it 
to Wayne State's campus, we operated um, like a couple of events every month. We did two large events, though, two that are very memorable, which was uh, we did a soup kitchen. We did a soup kitchen um, and it was at Crossroads of Michigan and we were able to supply. Uh, we did the donation side of it. So another organization did the soup kitchen and then we collected donations for about three to four weeks on Wayne State's campus and we packed everything up. Uh, we had boxes at Bank of America's head, uh, headquarters um, in Farmington Hills. Um, we we had boxes uh, uh, in, in all different locations, churches, whatever, wherever people, you know, congregate went and and to donate, pull up, drop it off. Um, that's that's what we there did. There was a box, and, right? Yeah, and we were able to get so much stuff, uh, so many items, and we gave it away to over three hundred people. Um, and so that was, that was memorable. And then we had, we had an annual, um, which is, which is changing, which we can talk about later down the line, but, um, we had a girl talk and we invited Dr. Uh, Danielle Benson. Um, and she came and she killed it. A phenomenal, 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 uh, influential woman, a black woman. Um, and so, yeah, it, it flourished, it flourished on campus. For a Before while. you found the motivation, mm-hmm. what were your feelings? Why did you stop? I felt like it was. I felt like it was so hard. Like at the time, go ahead. I wanted to get that word out. You, I felt like it was so hard because that's 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 the story. That's the case for so many of us, right? Even yeah. with me, with Voice of the Generation, sometimes it feels like, oh my god. <laughs> This is so hard right now, right? Yes, yes. And there's somebody right now who is saying, I have it. I know what to do. I have the resources available, but it yes. seems so hard, right? There's, That's, a Detroit, and, and, there's a Detroit child right now saying, it's so hard. So what do you say to them? Yeah. And another, to your point, before I get into to that, to your point, because this is so important. This is so important because... At the time that we were operating, when we had our soup kitchen, we re- we had a fundraiser. The fundraiser ran for four days, and we raised about $5,000 to $6,000. And we did that, again, as young people. Now, at the time, being that this was the same year um, that all of that had took place, my heart was really in the work. So it was like, this is not a joke for me. This is not a game for me. Like I like I'm coming to people, to people who I felt I networked well with, and I'm asking them like, "Hey, I want to do this. I'm planning it out. I'm I'm I am a young person, and I might not have everything on here that I need, but I have this idea. You feel me? Like I really had this idea, and I know it's gonna make a difference in the community. Like, can you fund me? Right? Can you fund me? And they look at you, you know, like <laughs> that was cute. You know, yeah. Like that is so that is so cute. That is so nice that you want to impact your community. So and, and don't give you nothing for it, right? Right. For this this grand idea. Um and that was my case a lot of times, right? And a lot of times I kept putting myself in a mindset. You just don't know enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like just you just don't, don't you, you really, really just, just don't, don't know, know enough. enough. 
And when I kept telling myself that, I was literally putting myself down at the same time. Because it wasn't a matter of me having to know enough about a nonprofit. I had the passion to do it. And that was all that mattered. Like, that's really what matters. When you have the passion to do something, when you have it in your heart, like when you feel it, you know what I mean? Like, you got to do it. And when I felt like I couldn't do what I felt in my heart, I didn't want to do it at all. I was just like, whatever. This not for me no more. This this must not be for me. This must not be the path for me. This right. can't be the path for me because it's just not working. Like it's and I, I I'm somebody like okay if it's not working maybe it's a sign. <laughs> like maybe this is a sign. I don't need to do it. Yes. You know uh-huh. and and like and I got like that. I got I got content with not doing it because it was mm-hmm. like well nothing's I'm not getting anything and it's really hard to keep asking people for donations. Like nobody's gonna want to keep on sending you money to, you know, nobody's gonna want to keep doing that. No, your auntie and your my aunties and my uncle, they tired. Okay. They are tired <laughs> of buying popcorn. They are tired of buying pizza kits. They are tired of buying chocolate bars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like they are very tired. But there is dollars. There is capital out here, right? Mm-hmm. Capital out here a part of organizations and foundations that say they support you, you focused initiatives. So why should it matter whether or not it's a young yep. person that's leading that you focused initiative, they should get the same amount of treatment, the same amount of dollars and the Hello. same amount of everything that you would give to someone who was of the same generation as you. Mm-hmm. So you know that that's that's my stance. You know that that's my stance. If you're if you're some, a young person, especially from the city of Detroit, if you are a young person um here and you have an idea and you're passionate about it and it's on your heart, like you feel like, oh no, this is my this is my path. Like this is the path right. that I want because you're gonna feel it when you know because I I feel it as I talk. Like I know, so it's <laughs> like you're you're gonna know, and when you do. Do not stop at nothing, <laughs> okay? Like, I mean, when it when it's so hard, like, when it's so hard, <laughs> I mean, when it's so hard, don't stop. Like, mm-hmm. just don't. Take a break. Breathe. Give yourself some time. Not some that grace. long. Yeah, some grace. That, too. I wasn't giving myself grace. Mm-hmm. I wasn't giving myself grace at all. I wasn't giving myself grace for not knowing what I didn't know because it was okay to not, I wasn't expecting. Why do I have to even know about starting a nonprofit to stop gun violence in my community? Why do I have to do that? You know I what I tell people? That. When you, when you, ooh, you about to give me, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> we are the theorists of our own experiences. Nobody can tell you what you've experienced. They can't Nobody. tell you how you experienced. Nobody can recreate that experience for you. Nobody can reinvoke those feelings for you because you are the only one, right? And so I think that for many of us, we have to start acting like we are the greatest philosophers of our own experiences. Yeah. Executing as well, right? You don't need to know it all. You need to just start, right? Because starting says, okay, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out procrastination leads to the road of nothingness, right? So I can keep saying, I'm going to do it. 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 And then you're never going to do it because tomorrow's not promised for nobody. And that's what we don't want to hear, but it's the sad truth, right? 
You said, and no, no, seriously, you said something that stood out. You said that, like, we, we got to do it, right? And when you think about, and, and, and honestly, this just sparked right now. Like, you just sparked this in my head because I never thought of this. But when you think about the name, right, the Black Initiative, right, key thing, key thing, this is awesome. Like, you have initiative. You have to. You just have to, and you, and when you do, don't, don't stop. Cause it's the reason why you did it in the first place. Right. <laughs> like it's a reason why you did it in the first place. Um, and, and sometimes, sometimes I write in my book too, that sometimes you don't have to have, or come from like, you know, this, this challenging background or, or, or this, like me, like this, you don't want to come from this struggle, Ooh, you know, but yes. you can be somebody who might've saw something heard something or again experienced something that pushed you into into something and feeling a certain type of way about that something yeah that created that passion about how you feel about what you feel about so so, go ahead no i'm so glad that you said that because i think the common misconception is that you have to struggle in order to produce greatness and that is a lie absolutely that is a bold face lie Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I don't believe at all you have to be somebody that comes from struggle, challenge, hardships, mm-hmm. uh, any of that mm-hmm. to have a passion for something and, and, and to impact your community. Your passion does not have to necessarily be, you know, solving uh, gun violence or, or or reducing gun violence or bringing awareness or to it, right? Peace, right? Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be that. I mean, your passion might be just painting uh, painting stuff or, or making sculptures or, right. I don't know, playing the, completing the Rubik's Cube. I don't right. know, right? But whatever your passion is, it's your passion, right? Mm-hmm. And you, whatever it is, you have to have the ability to know that that's your passion and then transform that passion into mm-hmm. your purpose, right? A purpose for yourself and a purpose for your community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's like the key thing too, like of my book, like, um, you know, like having a passion, uh, a passion for something, right? But being able to learn, right? How to take your passion and transform it into this this powerful space, like this mm-hmm. space that's unique, right? Different from every other space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I encourage, I definitely, definitely encourage um, every young person when you start something, finish, no matter if you feel like, oh my God, somebody already did this. Okay, find a way to make it different. It ain't gonna be the same. Nobody in the world has <laughs> the same fingerprint. And that's Not the same uh. ideas. No, you can see um, a thousand and one um, of the festivals, right? Let me talk about festivals for a second. We can see a thousand and one festivals manifest, but Essence Fest don't feel like Invest Fest. Invest Fest don't feel like Rolling Rolling Loud and Coachella, right? And so mm-hmm. we all have our unique fingerprints, and just 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 like that in the world, we have our unique fingerprints for the world, right? We make yeah. our marks on the world with our uniqueness. Um, when we was talking about grace, I thought about this. Um, I was reading something and it says grace is like it's as an acronym. So grace is the gift of responsibility and accountability shown with compassion and empathy. 
And so I think a lot of us forget what extending grace looks like, but we're so accustomed to extending it to others without knowing how to extend it to ourselves. And so as we go through this process of creating and self-love and journaling and reflecting, and when you release your book, we'll see it as well. Right. We're going to also keep those in mind as we continue to build the capacity of our community. Right. Absolutely. Um, Before we end though, I always ask this one question. What does it mean to have a voice in your generation? Because this is called Voice of the Generation. So, of course, I'm going to ask that question. Yes. Um. Honestly, I'm a voice in my community or in my generation um, for my generation. Like, I advocate for my generation. Like, that's how I use my voice. Because... Let me tell you, when you advocate again, because if I advocate for my generation, I mean, I'm a part of it. So it's me advocating for myself too. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like I I love to just advocate for the generation. That's how I use my voice. And I use my voice, honestly, to advocate about the issues that this generation faces. Um, In the spaces, I advocate about the spaces that this generation deserves to be in. Um, I always talk about how you know, you know, I really I want, want every young, young, young Detroiter to be able to tap into the rooms that I have been able to tap into. Like, I have been blessed to tap into rooms that I, I mean, like, even I am mind blown by the rooms that I've been able to be in, the people who I have been able to sit down and have lunch with. And it's just like, if every young Detroiter could just have an experience, like, where they can see, like, this is what you could, this is what you could do. You know what I mean? Like, this is the rooms that you could be in. This is the space that you can use your voice to, to talk about what you want to talk about, what you care about, um, you know, to uplift your passions, right? Um, and yeah, just putting, putting Gen Z and youth first. Um, like, where we are, the generation, this is my generation, but we're the next generation. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a part of the next generation. I don't have a choice but to be out here hustling, trying to make sure everything's straight and everything what it needs to be so that we can all succeed. So that's that's what it means to be a voice of this generation is making sure that whatever I do and the power of my voice that I'm using it to make sure that every young person next to me, because ain't nobody behind me. Ain't nobody behind me. You either in front of me and you next to me because we rock together and I'm pushing you forward. And if you're next to me, I'm pushing you forward. Like, that's how we move. Like, we push each other forward. Ain't nobody behind me. You're not behind me. Absolutely not. I don't look at nobody like that. And so, just knowing that and and just using my voice to continue to push that into the generation and out to the out of the generation, right? To people who, who are not a part of our generation. They got to know, too. Like, Gen Z is tight, all right? Because when it's time, we're going to stick together. Right. <laughs> we gonna stick together. Um, right. So yeah, being being a voice, being a voice of um, your generation is one walking in your passion and your purpose. <laughs> walking in your passion and your purpose because you never know what you might do that might help the next young person next to you. So walk in your passion and your purpose because you don't know when you start walking in it and you it's somebody that's younger than you or it's somebody that's trying to trying to get to where you got. And you have an opportunity to give that back to them and help them and bring them up, do it. 
<laughs> like, do it. Use your voice to do that. For real. So, yes. And I'm so thankful that you invited me on here. Like, this is so great. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so, 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 yes. so much. Um, make sure you guys tune into Voice of Generation every single Tuesday at 8 a.m. Um, we are on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and YouTube now. So make sure you guys are subscribing, downloading, and we hope to see you guys on Tuesday. <laughs>